welcome to the Knight Rider Online Podcast. Fuzzy Dice here. Well, it looks like we're going to be missing one week of Knight Rider, but hopefully this podcast will carry you through. Uh, this week we are going to be talking about storyboards. Zeus Story has uh, been telling us in the forums about how he did a storyboard for a Hard Day's Night. We're also going to have a little bit of information on Night of the Hunter and upcoming episodes. A new Knight Rider DVD set is coming out, and we've got some interviews, including Gary Scott Thompson answering viewer questions, and a little about today's technology actually being in Knight Rider, including the robots Lisa and Katie. As we mentioned in the past, some of the Knight Rider team, the visual effects team from the show, has been in our forums and sharing with us some of the things that they've been doing with the show. Zeus Story showed us an interesting process he uses. He's done these storyboards, and he showed us one he did for A Hard Day's Night. Now, remember the eyewear they put on the bad guy? Well, Zeus Story posted his concept drawings, and I gotta tell you, he's a good artist. And he just shows the detail of, you know, how they worked it out. Uh, also, he has some drawings regarding the 3D images that come up on Kit's hood. Remember when Michael saw a flashback of his uh, of something Kit was trying to show him? He's, he's got concept drawings of that. And remember how Michael's had a chip in his neck that kind of vanished? He showed drawings of that. There's drawings of how Michael saw all those people, remember, in those target frames? How he did this, he'd trace over low-quality stills from the show to create these storyboards. And some of them, he actually hand-drew from memory. So it's pretty, you know, it's pretty interesting. These guys are showing just how talented they are. It's, I couldn't even imagine how they do this. They've got a lot of talent. Well, we saw last week uh, Night of the Hunter. Um, actually... It held into the 7 million range in the ratings, which is pretty darn good. I mean, considering that it was up against the World Series. And compared to other NBC shows, the, the newer NBC shows, it's doing fantastic. There's originally been 13 episodes planned, and then they added four more scripts. They, you know, NBC wanted to buy four more scripts, and now they've been finally awarded a full season. So, you know, it's really doing fantastic. Actually, it was a pretty neat uh, episode, Night of the Hunter. Michael and Kit, they had to stop these uh, rogue military officer and his crew before the guy blows up this dam, apparently. Uh, Michael went undercover as a Marine who had gone AWOL to track down this guy. And a beautiful undercover agent, she's, well, I'm no judge, but uh, she was pretty spunky. <laughs> she was quite a fighter. And she was, um, actually, she was from across the pond, joins Mike to help him solve the crime. Back at the SSC, Billy undergoes a little combat training of his own with the help of Zoe. Now, that's, I gotta say, that was kind of cute. Uh, poor Billy, <laughs> you know? But, uh, you know, I, th I think Zoe and Billy are great for, like, uh, adding some comedy to the show. I mean, you never know what them two are going to be coming up with next. It's really... It's kind of adds some comic relief. Um, and during the show, Kit gets stuck in a mud as a truck. <laughs> that, I couldn't help but to laugh. I mean, Kit, the supercar, now the super truck gets bogged down. <laughs> oh, boy. So Kit, he repairs himself. And 
I thought it was kind of neat how he goes about it. He like shuts down completely. And then inside you see these little chips getting robotically placed into another socket and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's pretty cool effect there. You know, it was pretty neat. And then Michael and, um, and the new agent, it's funny. They're, they're following perfect how they did it, like in the old series. Michael meets a beautiful damsel in distress and helps her out with the mission and kind of gets involved with her during the mission. I mean, it's just so Knight Rider, right? So anyways, they're at this cliff and they have to jump because the bad guys are going to like kill them, right? And so Kit's going like an emotionless voice going like you're going to die or your chances of survival are extremely slim. And they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. And the guys are closing. And finally they do. They jump. And miraculously, of course, they make it. You know, you kind of think Kit's voice sounded kind of like really emotionless. But when you think about it, and I've worked with computer chat programs, you know, they're called chat bots, a lot of these. They're not really artificial intelligence, but they implement some of them, like Ultraholic Assistant by Zabaware, for example. They incorporate what is known as um, TTS voices. Uh, there's some of these voices at Kepstrel. I use one of those myself, actually, on my laptop, which is named Kit, and the voice is called William, which... Uh, Incidentally, sounds a little like the original kit. <laughs> but anyways, when you get right down to it, these voices, they do have some inflection, but they're still rather, you know, computer-like, obviously. I have an IQ robot, uses inflection in the voices probably better than my laptop does. But again, it could deadpan that you're going to die or something, you know? So actually, Val Kilmer's portrayal of a computerized voice, it was spot on. I mean. Some people will think, well, you got to put a little more emotion in Kit. Actually, to make it realistic, according to today's um, technology, he did it right. I mean, Val Kilmer, I think, is doing fantastic with Kit's voice. I mean, he's really pegging it here. Also, a little bit into the show, I found it kind of funny how they referred to these guys, uh, these military rogues, as right-wing extremists. I didn't think they were so right-wing, actually. Extremists? <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I would think they were more like left-wing extremists. Another thing I found kind of odd was at the end of the show, they're revealing that the idea of blowing up the dam was actually a decoy because all they were trying to do is lead people away from and the cops away to the dam while they go steal a ton of gold. I mean, just all that trouble for a little bit of gold. Here, the guy in the beginning was talking about, um, you know, taking power away from the government and all that. All he was after was a little gold. I mean, it was like listening to a joke and waiting for the punchline that never came. <laughs> you know, it's like totally threw me off. But uh, then again, that's what makes for a good show is when, you know, you're going along and you're expecting something to happen. And all of a sudden there's this complete change and you don't expect it. That really held my interest there. That was pretty cool. I liked that show overall. The next show is going to be called Night of the Living Dead. It was supposed to be a whodunit type of thing for Halloween, but that's okay. We'll just have an extra excuse to extend the holiday, right? Okay, now here's what happens. Someone that's working at Night Industries kills off one of the techs, and the team has to find whodunit, right? But the thing is, here's the catch. 
they don't get Michael and Kit's help because Michael and Sarah are stuck on a flight in the middle of a storm somewhere. And worse, Kit's screwed up somehow and he's about to self-destruct. So will they make it in time? Will they find out who killed the tech? Well, you're going to have to tune in November 5th to find out. And actually, I think it'll work out quite well and I don't think Kit's going to really self-destruct, but... Well, you never know. He might. Maybe we might get another Junkyard Dog episode. We don't know. Also, we have photos for that episode. They're in our news. And um, also we have photos for the episode I Want to Rock and Roll All Night in the news section. Why does that title, that episode title, I Want to Rock and Roll All Night, remind me of KISS, the rock group? Okay. Uh, we have an episode guide if you want to catch up on uh, all the previous episodes or find out a little more about the upcoming episodes. It's at nightrideronline.com slash night underscore rider underscore 2008. Speaking of some cool photos, NBC.com has some cool behind the scenes gallery now. Uh, that's at NBC.com slash night underscore rider slash photos slash number sign cat equals 1170. Here you can find pictures and some conceptual art for the Kit Cave, you know, on how the area looks without all that stuff in it. I think they used this huge warehouse. I mean, it looks big. They had to have a lot of room for this stuff. They also show some photos of how they did the filming and such. So it's pretty cool. You might want to check that out. Get a little behind the scenes of uh, how they did things. Also, Knight Rider has the uh, original series complete DVD set available. You're thinking, yeah, I already got all four seasons. But no, we're not talking about this. They actually came out with a complete box set, which is different in some ways from what you probably already collected. This box set, it's available at Amazon.com for $99. And it's the same as the pre-existing sets in some ways, too. But it comes in this really cool box. It's, you press a little button on the lower right, and this little LED red scanner goes back and forth. You know, Kit's scanner, and a very short few seconds of the show's theme music plays. So that's pretty cool. Comes in 24 discs, no double-sided discs to worry about scratching one side or another. Also, there's a lot of bonus features on there that they didn't include with the original releases. So even if you did get the originals, you might want to pick this one up, too, to see the extras. I haven't gotten it yet myself, but I can only hope. Did they interview William Daniels? I mean, a lot of us were hoping for that, so we'll see. If anybody knows or even anybody gets this box set, it was just released this month. So, you know, just pop in the forums and let us know how you like it, what's on there and everything. You know, give us a little idea exactly how it differs. Another thing we'd like to know is, uh, if you remember the original releases, the third season was missing some music and sound effects and such. And then Universal re-released the third season, but you had to uh, contact them and get it directly from Universal. It was only for a limited time, and I was one of the lucky ones that actually got a fixed third season DVD set. So if anybody gets this new boxed set and has the original and knows, you know, the problems that was with it, do pop in the forums and let us know if they fixed that in this new set. As you recall, we mentioned that NBC has a Knight Rider blog online where Gary Scott Thompson was answering viewer questions that were posted in the comments area of the blog. Well, he's answered a few more. One was, why is the artificial intelligence in Kit still learning if he's supposed to be the most advanced car on Earth? According to Gary, only Michael can teach Kit some things that programming can't. 
which I can see. I mean, this also leaves it open to, for Kit's personality to develop through the series. Will there be any toys or other Knight Rider-related merchandise? Gary says that they're concentrating on making the show as entertaining as possible right now, but they do hope to put some stuff on the shelves when the time is right. Reminds me, a couple days ago I was at Walgreens and I saw a toy Ford F-150 pickup truck in black and it kind of reminded me of Kit. Is Kit ever going to drive on two wheels? If you remember in the original series, they had a uh, ski mode which put Kit on two wheels either one side or the other. While we're finding that writers are working on it, they're hoping to do a little of having kids match into things and continue to avoid things. Another thing that I, too, have been wondering about is what Charles Grayman's connection is to the original Night Industries. Gary's telling us that upcoming episodes will clarify Grayman's connection with the original series. Will they show a normal turbo boost jump that happens in real time? I got to quote Gary on this. He says that we're working on it, but I don't have enough cars to wreck yet. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, it, you know, I've seen some of the outtakes where they wrecked the Trans Am, you know, doing the turbo boost jump and the nose would fall off and the spoiler would fly off. And I mean, the car was completely wrecked. Seeing a Trans Am get wrecked was bad enough, but brand new Mustang? Ow. Will there be a mobile lab like the Semi, like in the earlier Knight Rider series? Well, they are also thinking about that. They're hoping to implement that. I'd like to see the Semi return. Does Kit transform into a convertible or eject passengers? Well, we're being told that the Halloween episode, which will be airing November 5th, will see an answer to that question. But they don't tell you whether it's going to be him, you know, transforming into a convertible or if he, he's going to be ejecting passengers. I would think that it would be hard to eject a passenger when you got a hard top car such as a Mustang, unless he actually transforms into a convertible first and then ejects the passenger. So we're just going to have to wait and see how that turns out. Gary answered a few other questions as well, and if you want to check it out, go to blog.nbc.com slash nightrider. We have some uh, interviews to tell you about. For one, writer Dave Andron talks about his involvement with Knight Rider. You can actually see this on Knight Rider blog on NBC.com. Um, he talks about how 14 months ago, NBC approached him, Dave Bartis, and Doug Lyman. Then five months from then to the air date, he says was the fastest, most stressful, and engrossing of his life. And I can imagine with all the changes they were trying to make, um, on the new show and Gary Scott Thompson, he says the more help, the better. He gives the impression that he loves working on the show, and as he says, it's because Knight Rider is fun, or at least it should be. I think he's got the right idea, and I hope to see more episodes written by him. We got another interview done by Canada's Gazette of Paul Campbell, who plays Billy. Paul thinks that uh, they're trying to keep him away from Kit. Well... Heck, I would be over-eager to get inside the kit and work with him. He must have been in his element, enjoying, you know, like when he got to do missions and sit inside a kit and everything. He gives off a fun class clown type of personality. Uh, there's another Justin Bruning interview done by the Sioux City Journal. Actually, he says he was the second person to read for Mike, and he's a big fan of the original. Uh, he, too, was disappointed by things that weren't in the pilot, but he knows that he can't fit everything from a four-hour show into just two hours. He knows that, you know, there's going to be some things that are cut and everything. He says he prepared by bulking up and 
learned some stage fighting and stunt driving for the show. So he got well prepared for it. And I think he does fantastic. I think he's doing great as uh, Michael's son in this. He does 98% of the fights, actually. And I think they're pretty cool. They're a lot different than uh, these kicks and punches that we were so used to back in the 80s. I'm not talking about just David Hasselhoff's work, but I mean, basically a lot of stuff back then. I think they've gotten more martial arts as the years went by. And I think Justin's doing really good with that. He says he hasn't had one ticket since landing in Knight Rider. I think that's pretty cool. It shows that he's a good safe driver. As you watch Knight Rider, probably thinking a lot of the technology is way far in the future, but actually there's some stuff that they're incorporating into the storylines that we actually have in real life. Uh, Sue, our field correspondent, dug up some of the stuff and posted about them in a forum thread called Science Not Fiction. For example, face recognition. Remember how Kit could recognize faces and such? There's actually some face recognition programs out there for the PC. Uh, there's military and security programs that uh, use this. And um, in fact, Honda's robot, Asimo, if anybody's seen that, that robot uses face recognition, so it's not really all that far-fetched. Another thing that might have seemed really far-fetched was a 3D printing where Kit printed out an exact replica of a key, you know, so they could steal that other car. Well, actually, 3D printing has been around for quite a bit. I remember reading about it several years ago. And um, just recently came across a uh, printer by London's Thing Lab. What it is, it's a Z printer 450, and it works with your PC. It, it um, creates colored models in 3D. It'll set you back 43 grand, though, so it's not really a, anything that you can just go out and buy unless you're really rich. You can create models of architecture or whatever you want, or even a key. But I don't think it's small enough to fit in Kit's back seat. All of this shows that the writers are really doing their homework when they're writing these shows and putting some of more realism so that a lot of stuff you see, sure, you might think a lot of things that Kit can do is pretty far-fetched, but there's also a lot of things that we actually have around today. Speaking of modern-day technology and realism, did you know, you remember those robot arms that scan Kit with those green laser lights? And uh, Mike gave one of them the high five. They even played a little tag game with them. Uh, the robot's names were Lisa and Katie. Those were actually created by Robot Works. Robot Works technician Robert Edens Jr. trained the Knight Rider special effects technician who programs Lisa and Katie. They're actually two reconditioned industrial Fanuc Arcmate 100i RJ2 robots that were purchased for the show. The names Katie and Lisa actually were named by NBC and not the show's writers, incidentally. Um, Katie and Lisa uh, scans Kit with laser-like beams, and they say, well, that's not really what those robots would do in the real world, but it's not actually also not too far from reality, as there are scanner-type robots that do check auto parts. So it's kind of neat to um, learn a little more about not just the uh, characters, the human characters, and just Kit, but also some of the uh, other technology that's in the SSC or the Kit Cave, as it's often called. Coming up on Knight Rider Online, we'll have more from the set. We'll have exclusive pictures of uh, Kit's Halloween costume. Hmm. 
Halloween costume. This sounds interesting. I wonder what he's going to go as. If I were Kit, I'd go as myself. But you know what I'm thinking? Wouldn't it be neat if Kit went as the original Kit? I've got to see this. I really got to see this. Um, they're going to have an interview with Smith Cho. Uh, more interviews of Paul Campbell. We're going to have a coverage of the next episode, Night of the Living Dead, which uh, we mentioned earlier in the podcast will be the Halloween episode that's airing November 5th instead, uh, where somebody uh, from Inside Night Industries headquarters actually murders one of the technicians. So uh, keep watch on Night Rider Online News and come in and join our forums. The sign-up is free, and there's a lot of interesting discussions. Hope to see you there. Well, that's all for now. This podcast has been brought to you by NightRiderOnline.com. Podcast produced by Neil Epstein. Music by The Knight of Finland, Tony Numella. Additional production and music by podcast host Fuzzy Dice. Special thanks to our field correspondent, Sue, and our trusty car, Shadow. And don't forget, the new Knight Rider series is on NBC Wednesdays at 8, 7 central, except the next episode will be airing on November 5th. Goodbye, everyone, and thanks for listening.